Investing in your business can be a wonderful way to grow wealth and live the life you want. That's what I'm doing. But investing in someone else's business can be even better. In my opinion, this is the best way to generate true passive income streams. Through ETFs or exchange-traded funds, you can buy a basket of shares in different companies in one trade. BetaShares offers Australia's broadest range of ETFs, including the Global Cashflow Kings ETF, ticker symbol CFLO, which lets you invest in 200 companies with high levels of free cash flow, such as Visa and Costco, in one ETF. You can learn more about CFLO and the BetaShares fund range by visiting betashares.com.au. Read the PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Welcome to RASC's Australian Business Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who dare to leave the world in a better place and get paid while we do it. This podcast will make you a better business owner, investor, founder, or entrepreneur. If you want to start a business or already have one, please subscribe to the series or share it with your friends, business partner, or colleagues. And don't forget to consider taking our free business course, which includes heaps of templates for creating business plans, HR documents, employee files, all of my software recommendations, and more. The course is completely free and available via the link in your podcast player. Okay, let's get into the episode. So we're back on the Australian Business Podcast talking to Daniel and Jordan from Grayspace. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, mate. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of fun. Um, the first episode went live and we talked about, um, we each shared three different things that we wish we knew about business and three things that we wish we kind of learned. Uh, sooner but in this one obviously we have to talk about finances because you guys are accountants and it makes sense that i would be able to pick your brain so i'm going to kind of, kind of be the student here and i've asked you to come with five ways basically to put your finances either on autopilot or to just like improve the finances in your business which as you guys will attest to is probably the most important thing other than actually running the business every day. So um, I thought, I don't know where you guys wanted to start, um, but maybe the, the simple way is just like, even just like how you operate finances. Like for, for, for us at RASC, this could change, but at the time of recording, we use NAB for our banks. Uh, so we do all of our like business banking through NAB. I just found it really easy to set up, but um, maybe that's a good place to start. It's just like, how do we, how do we manage the money day to day? How do yeah, we cool. get by with all that? I'll maybe start with you, Jordan. Yeah, cool. So that's something we do focus on in one of our initial meetings when we onboard a new client is the management of their bank accounts. Um, okay. Traditionally, we, we always we always suggest having at least two bank accounts. Um, we do see more sometimes, but at a bare minimum, we'd suggest two. One being you know, an operating transaction account where you'd invoice out of um, and where you'd pay expenses out of as well and for that second account we usually use it as a savings account so what do we mean by that um, is say for example you're a business you've registered for gst on a quarterly basis you're going to have to lodge your business activity statement which encompasses your gst pays you go withholding it and it can sometimes include some tax installments so what we do for the second bank account is essentially use that as a tax account now what we suggest right. to clients is you know, when you're doing your payroll, um, you can transfer over the PAYG as well as the super. So that way, you know, at any point in time, you know that you're prepared to pay that BAS. 
Um, sometimes we suggest as well, you know, at the end of each week, you transfer X percent over from that operating account. So that way you're covered for, for the BAS as well. Do you find a lot of um, clients um, or a lot of businesses uh, kind of like leave themselves to the last minute or don't think yeah. about separating their money that way? Yeah. What we find when they don't separate their money, it's it's always a, a phone call when we were to have that BAS conversation. It's like, oh, how am I going to pay that? What we see sometimes is, you know, we're trying to educate our clients away from that is that the money's being spent and it's not theirs. So I think if you can implement a system like those transfers, um, it helps alleviate a lot of that because people will have that one bank account and it's like, oh, okay, that's all the money that I have in the business. And that's just simply not the case sometimes. Mm. Do you ever, um, like, do you ever come across businesses that have more bank accounts? Is there any benefit to having more or is like, like... Yeah, is there any benefit? Yeah, um, so sometimes, yes. Sometimes we'll have businesses that have three or four bank accounts and they'll split out. They'll have a bank account for their profit. They'll transfer 5% of all the money coming into this profit account. They'll have an OPEX account, which is all of their operating expenses that they'll pay out of. And then they'll have an uh, income account where they'll issue all their invoices and will get paid into that account. Sometimes it can get a bit tricky. Um, it's just personal preference. I think from a money management perspective, I think the two is probably a sweet spot, sometimes three. Um, is that because, like, you have to reconcile the transactions? Yeah, spot on. We have to reconcile all the transactions, so that's quite a bit of work. Um, but from a cash flow perspective, I think having the two is where it's at. I think, you know, if you have two, you can stay on top of on top of pretty much everything and you know that that second account, it's not your money. So, you know, uh, what we see as well, sometimes people will look at their bank account and go, oh, okay, so that's how much money I've got. That's my profit. But that's just, you know, that's just not the case. Yeah. Daniel will touch on that in one of his points as well. Yeah, sure. We'll, 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 delve, we'll delve in sort of a little bit sort of deeper yeah. into how those figures really come about. Yeah, sure. Well, why don't we why don't we continue across there then? Um, what, what's what's another thing on your list? Because I'm sure we'll got cover a heap of yeah. similar ground and all relate to each other. So, Daniel, throwing it over to you, man. Yeah, so I think the first thing after sort of sorting your bank accounts out, you need an accounting software. You need a finance hub for your business. You know, obviously, previously we stated Zero is our you know preferred software provider for our clients, those who we recommend. But it doesn't really matter what software you're using. There, a lot of them do the same things. So, from a business point of view, you really need to understand your receivables, so the invoices going out, and your payables. So, looking at it from above a cash perspective, there's also factoring in your debtors, money coming in, your creditors, who, who do you have to pay? You know, supplier bills come up. They might be due in 30 days and two weeks and you decide to go on a holiday. Guess mm -hmm. what? You still need to get paid. And if you're just using a bank account, it is almost impossible to track when those bills are coming out. Having a hub, being able to see your actual net position after you include what you're going to receive, what you've got to pay, payroll, it's all centralized. It gives you a great idea of how that's heading. You might even get a sense that, you know, you've got heaps of money coming in and you need to put a little bit extra into the GST account this, this week, mm -hmm. this month, this quarter. Having a tool like that gives you that thought process. If you're just going off what's in your bank, it's really difficult to budget mm -hmm. for that. Beyond that as well, you know, full payroll control. I know a lot of sort of businesses, especially some of the, the businesses have been trading for, you know, call it, 15 over 15 years some of them are still on pay slips on a word document 
still manually calculating leave balances. It is having a software that calculates all that for you. It's got a hub. You know, one of your employees calls, hey, I'm going on, you know, two weeks leave. How much leave do I have? It's not a phone call to your accountant. Hey, can you work out his leave balance? It's let's quickly check on payroll. Let's quickly check on zero. And I think touching on, even, even down that payroll path, touching on what Jordan said is, you know, transferring the withholding and the super into a separate account. That's a tool that we really recommend using because that way your actual operating account can feel the gross impact of someone's wage. Mm. You know, paying someone's net wage, that's not what that's not what it costs you. It's never yeah. it never is and never will be. Having to transfer the withholding plus the super. And if you want to be, you know, quite cautious, even you know, any insurance with workers comp that, that may arise after the fact as well, into a separate account, it lets your main business account feel the real impact especially down the payroll capacity. Um, without having a software, you won't be able to calculate that. It'll be too difficult. Yeah. You might be able to do it at the start, not after a couple of months when you're, you know, you've got things coming out of your ears, you've got 20 things to concentrate on. Um, going down further from a reporting point of view, and I think we'll touch on this a bit later as well as having a good accountant to help you with this as well, because I don't think many, many business owners will be able to do this. It's setting up reporting within Zero or within your cloud software to target the key areas that you're looking at. So a lot of the times it is turnover. It is billable sort of invoices that you're getting out on a month-to-month -month basis. We always recommend having targets, you know, whether it be, you know, 25, 50, 100, 150,000 a month. There needs to be some type of control as a business owner. It's not just we'll do our best and we'll see what happens. Is that, can you, Daniel, can you do that inside zero? Of course, yeah. yeah. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, we can set, you know, favourite reports. We can customise reports to target certain periods, to target certain, you know, accounts, to spit out data that you need, that each business needs separately. Because I'm sure the information, Owen, that you'll need will be different to the information a creative, you know, for example, photographer will need, will be different to a tradesman, will be different to an e-commerce business. You know, I think that's where, you know, some of the other points like, like we'll touch on, having someone good inside your business guiding you. Okay, these are your key areas that you should be looking at. Let's track them on a month-to-month -month basis. Mm. Set goal, setting goals is easier. Hitting goals is easier. Um, and even sort of cash flowing out the next two or three months becomes a little bit easier as well. Do you – so what certain thing that um, I do to make um, – our accountant's life easier is I, whenever we make like internal transfers, because we actually have more than uh, two accounts. I think we have about three or yeah. four. Um, but we always have like a marker on those transactions to make it so it's easier to be reconciled. So we always do something like internal dot transfer. So it knows that it's coming from an internal bank account. Because otherwise it's, they're just like guessing. Like is there anything else? Do you have any like quick wins like you'd, you'd suggest for people using the software? Quick wins. That's a really good question. I think, I think if you want to start getting in the habit of being able to sort of use the, we don't recommend using your bank accounts as your, as your source of truth, but if you want to get into the habit of transferring money, I think that payroll example is really good where you can transfer the, t the tax on wages and the super. I think it's a really good habit yeah. to get into because like Daniel said, if you just if you're just transferring out 
the, the net wage from your operating account. It's not a true reflection of what it's costing you. So I guess so you can measure cash flow. If you're using the, ba the bank account balance as a tool, which you sort of wouldn't recommend, at least you, you know that, you know, it, the full amount of that wage has been sent or uh, transferred out of that operating account. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I um, I, I always get a rude shock every month when you do like the salary or the payroll and then you, you're only paying the net, but then you've got the you know, PAYG, you the yeah. super, you know. You know just, the tax man doesn't miss. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, so that's so, so far we've talked about like setting up the bank accounts correctly. Like yeah. I didn't know that two makes a lot of sense, but then you can maybe if you have extra cash, I guess you could always do like a term deposit or something like that for your business if you really wanted to. Yeah, we, we see three sometimes and that, that sort of goes down, you know, the savings route, you know, having an account to put your retained earnings into and that may that may be to hit certain targets because that may be your indicator to hire someone new that may be your indicator to invest in this new equipment that may be your indicator mm. to scale up at a certain point because there are you know excess funds in your That's account right. so having a third one's not a bad idea um not a must i i think we haven't really noticed the difference between businesses in terms of success, whether they have two accounts or three accounts, whereas it's a dramatic difference from having one account to multiple accounts. Yeah, and even and even on that, like you want to keep it simple as well, because you know if you've got three and you've got all these formulas, you're going to work out transfer five percent here, ten percent there. You'll find that you just get sick of it, and you go, you know what, I'm not doing this. This is nonsense. So I think two can be yeah, that sort of what, and it'll just make sure that it doesn't get too tricky, because otherwise, if it if it becomes too tricky, you're just not going to do it. And that, that's all we've seen before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I really like that. I really like the idea of like thing, seeing it like in gross terms, not just in the yeah. net pay. That's, yeah, that's so important. Um, all right, cool. Actually, there's a question um, for either of you guys. Um, is what do you guys see is like the most common business bank account, like from boots on the ground? Like we know that there are some big names, but like, like uh, I went with NAB basically because they were the easiest to work with when I set it up. Like they we're with NAB as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. For a different, re different reason, my wife works at NAB. So <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you but know, I, I think I think Jordan could sort of vouch. Any of the big four, yeah. you see them quite as often. And I, and I think it depends on, you know, industry preference. Um, a lot of the, you know, if we're going off a younger demographic, CBA is very popular. Um, I think a lot of people had their first bank account through them, so they stayed with them. Yeah, the, yeah. the primary school banking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. So I think between, I'd probably say top three, CBA, ANZ and NAB are the ones we probably yeah. see the most. And in yeah. terms of functionality, um, those three would, buy, like their online banking is by far the best. Yeah, right. Okay, that's good and to know. It's easier to link up to the to, to your accounting software as well with bank feeds. It's just a simple click of a button. But some of the other ones aren't that simple. Um, yeah. I'm not going to name any names, but they can be a bit frustrating and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, noted. Um, okay, so so far we've got, um, like, setting up your bank accounts correctly. It seems like a no-brainer. Um, but then also connecting the software, the appropriate software. You guys obviously have a preference for Zero, but there are others like MIB and QuickBooks yeah. and that. Um, what about number three? Jordan, is you number three? Yeah. Um, bit of a cliche and a, a plug for us accountants. But <laughs> having, I think it's important to have a good accountant and a good advisor. A, advisor. A um, couple of reasons. It's important that you can, you know, once you know, you've set your, your cloud accounting software up that, 
that data is being done properly and all of that's being coded properly. Now, further on from that, what Daniel and I like to focus on is having our quarterly meetings where we can go through, you know, the cash flow forecast, we can go through some goals and whatnot. And traditionally, this doesn't happen too, too often for clients, you know, anything under 10 or $15 million in turnover. So Daniel and I really want to focus on being able to bring that, that service line to smaller businesses um, where you can really go through and work out what your net profit is because nine nine out of 10 businesses, that they won't they won't know what, what yeah. their, their profit is. And an example to use would be, you know, a photographer or a videographer again or a creative agency where they'll go out, they'll shoot some content, they'll work out an hourly charge out rate, um, they might add a bit of, of margin on top of that and they'll think, oh, okay, that's my profit for the job. But, you know, that's not the case because there's so many other expenses that aren't being accounted for. And these are the types of conversations we're having in those quarterly meetings, in our business advisory mm. meetings. So I think that can be really important for cash flow because, you know, if if you don't get your pricing structure right, regardless of what, what you're doing, whether it's, you know, you're a tradesman, you're doing e-com or, or you, you are a creative agency, then the business isn't going to be able to grow properly. Um, often with, we see that with the e-commerce businesses where, you know, they'll, they'll get a sale, they'll go, oh, great, I've made X amount of dollars, but it's delivery costs, merchant fees, <laughs> you know, what, what have your ads costed you? So these are all of the conversations we're having in these quarterly meetings. So that's where I think when you, you know, if you have a good accountant or a good advisor, you can it can really help take your business to the next level and just make sure that it is as profitable as it should be. Mm. And I think that was one of our points is like knowing, the difference between like the different line items and like breaking apart that. Um, yeah. So maybe like the one thing that always frustrates the heck out of me is when people say turnover, I don't think they know what turnover means. Like, no. Who wants to explain that? Yeah. And I think businesses really need to understand the difference between profit and turnover mm. and that turnover doesn't always sort of validate growth. It doesn't always validate success. Um, you know, we've seen multiple multi-million dollar businesses turning over millions and millions of millions of growth to only have the exact same dollar figure in the bank, to have no profit at the bottom line and just be more or less going from sort of the same position in sort of year one to turnover increase year two, but net profit's still the same increase again in year three, net profits the same. And they're just going around in circles. They're not actually making any mm. They're just increasing work, stress, and they're still not making any more money. Um, mm. What we're trying to focus on is, I think Jordan touched on it briefly, is we actually take the data that's coming through, the, the analytics, all the softwares are going to be providing us. We actually assess it. It's not just a, here's, here's your bass, here's your tax bill. Hey, guess what? Great result this year. You got no tax. Guess what? It's not a great result. <laughs> a really bad result, <laughs> if anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, true. From, from a business perform, performance point of view, obviously there's you know tax journals and, and tax reconciliations that can help get you to a, a a lower tax position. But at the end of the day, tax means you're profitable, right? So we really work with businesses to understand where their profit comes from and how they can create and increase that profit. You know, increasing growth via turnover is fantastic when you're trying to attain a bigger market share. But unless you're profitable or there's a strategy to be profitable at a certain time, 
you're, you're really not going anywhere. And understanding mm. your cost of sales, your operating expenses is crucial. Knowing what your direct costs are versus what you're going to have to pay regardless whether you make, you know, a thousand sales or a million sales, those are your costs, they're your operating expenses. So like, like Jordan said, on a quarterly basis with, with businesses probably up to around that, you know, two, three million dollar mark, we work on those things quarterly. Anything more than that, we, we do offer monthly solutions to help businesses actually understand the financials behind mm. what's driving them and essentially drive their profits up because that's what matters. I would rather see a business with a slower turnover growth but a higher profit growth because their pricing is better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's less stressful. You see a lot of businesses like scale to a certain point and they don't go any further, right? Because they just simply, they realize that they can be profitable at this level, but if they keep growing the way they are, they just add stress and complexity to their lives. Um, do you, like, one of the things that I love about uh, Zero and, and, and whatever, it's like being able to visualize the reports. It's just so cool. Um, yeah. When you do those quarterly meetings, do you, like have like a quarterly cash flow and like a report that you give to clients? Is that how, and then they visualize it or like you step through it with them or? Yeah, we generally have some type of slides and reports done. Obviously it is different for each client in each industry to customize those reports accordingly. Mm. Um, we create graphs, you know, some people visualize it a lot better when they see it in a non-numerical format um, because, you know, some people see a profit and loss statement or a balance sheet and they go, oh my God, they get overwhelmed. Yeah, really know what they're looking at. Being able to simplify and highlight key areas, even if it's through ratios, even if it's through um, sort of charts, pivot tables, you know, spotlight reporting, where you know you're sort of highlighting key areas, you know, comparisons to previous years, previous quarters, previous months. There's a better response to that than there is just pulling up even like a cash flow report. Yeah. With these cash flows, we do projections with assumptions that we've, we've spoken about with our clients over the last you know couple months. Those reports are refined and rebuilt over a period of time. That, and once there's a system for that client, that system's followed through and built on as we go through it. Mm. No, I really like that. A lot of people um, are so caught up in just the day to day. Because that comes back to that point which we made before about like spending time on your business, not in it. Um, it's just so important when you run the business. So in setting that direction, I think um, around the turn of the, the calendar year or even the financial year, it's like the two key times of the year when you should be really thinking about this and, and putting your thoughts down and then reflecting on what you've what progress you've made. Um, okay, so, so far we've got bank account management, using the software, like getting the right software and using it, um, having a good account, the difference between profit and turnover um, you know, not everything that hits your bank account is going to be profit and going to be um, falling in your favor over time. So that's super important. And then the last one, uh, which I, I know I think you're going to talk to Jordan, which is around um, working capital. I know there's like a lot of people struggle with this and I feel like this is like a silent killer for a lot of businesses, mm. but maybe I'll hand it over to you to explain what that means and how you manage it. Cool. So yeah, for, for us and the businesses that, that we're dealing with, it's something we do like to focus on, especially when we're talking about growth. So as an example, let's use, um, what's an industry we can use? Let's use a, a tradesman and they want to they wanna grow, they want to put another truck on the road. You know, that means they need to hire another staff member and do a fit out for this truck. Now that, in, that whole process, there needs to be money in the bank for that process to happen. So, you know, yeah. 
when, when, when people say, oh, you know, I'm ready to hire someone, it's not always the case because they simply can't afford it. So it's important to be able to have the amount of working capital, the amount of cash in the bank to be able to make these decisions. So, you know, back to that tradesman example, when what we see with a lot of clients that will first come on is like, oh, do you think I can bring someone on? You know, can I afford $35 or $40 an hour? It's not as simple as that because, yes, that's going to be their, their one of the direct costs, but there's also workers' compensation, another 7.5%. There's the cost of that truck. You know, if we're going to finance that truck, what's the interest going to cost us? So it's really important to be understand how that works. And that's where, you know, if you can come up with, you don't need to have a super thorough understanding, but just just when you're thinking about these things, understand the process of when you do need to bring people on or, you know, if you're going to creative agency example, if you're going to fit out a new, you're going to go into a new office and fit it out, you know, what's the working capital you guys are going to need in order to sustain that? You know, your rent's going to go up. You know, mm. you're going to, have to buy more camera gear, more computers and whatnot. So it's really important regardless of industry that, you know, you adapt that mindset of understanding what working capital is. Mm. Yeah, because I feel like like if we think about it already, that like we've talked about turnover and like the money that you make if you're an e-commerce business from making sales uh, is not like profit. There's so much water that has to go under the bridge before you find out what you've actually made. But then if you think about it, again, investing for the future in working capital, Again, there are so many extra things that most people don't think about. They just think about, like like you said, the $40 an hour or the $100,000 truck or whatever it is that they're spending money on. They don't actually think like there's maintenance, there's registration, there's financing, there's this, there's that. Um, And those are like, I feel like those are in many cases like the silent killers of businesses because you only need a few percent here or there and then all of a sudden it becomes 10% or 20% and there goes your profit margin, right? So, um, yeah, I... I feel like do you guys work with a lot of tradies, right? Like you have Yeah, um, we've got quite a, a few tradies that we work with. Yeah. Do and we so gone. No, go, go. I was gonna say, because you I think you told me like you have like plumbers and these types of things, but I imagine like even within construction it's very different, right? Like mm-hmm. um because if you if you're working with a builder, depending on like that would be super lumpy, like super yeah. lumpy. Like and that, exactly right. You know, like they're trying have, to manage cash flow. Exactly. You're gonna have a couple of they could have one or two invoices a year and those invoices could be for you know half a million dollars or yeah. you know a quarter of a million dollars it's about okay so if that's going to hit in three months what's the plan up until then how are we going to sustain ourselves how are we going to grow so yeah it, it just depends yeah and, and beyond that as well I, I think a lot of people think they worked out their working capital mm-hmm. and then they'll go hire a couple of new you know people they'll invest in a new rental, they'll invest in you know, additional machinery. But you've got to factor all that in. Your working capital increases at that point in time as well. So every time you think you've got a working capital, you can reinvest because you've got surplus funds. Every time the reinvestment occurs, you really got to factor in that your working capital is now increased as well. It's not the yeah. same as it was before these investments or before the hires or expenses that are occurring. This working capital number does fluctuate as well mm. based on where your business is. And I think a lot of people go, hey, but I thought it was X amount a month roughly. It's like, well, no, you've done, you know, X, Y, Z, you've bought a new you bought a new truck. Yes, it doesn't show up on your profit and loss all the time because the loan repayments aren't there. <laughs> They're on your balance sheet. Yeah. And uh, having someone that can sort of guide you along saying, hey, the, you know, you've done X, Y, Z, you need more in the account. We need more, you know, work capital. Yes. It's, it's really, really important to have something like that in your corner to tell you these things because you don't always know. 
Well, that's the one. The other one is like hiring people is um, like that's not a commitment. Like if they're on full time or whatever on a contract, that's like a permanent decision. Yes. Right? Like so, it might be good right now, and the business might look fine this quarter. But what about in the next year or the next two years? Like, where do you actually see it going? And I think that's something that I struggle with, to be honest, as well. It's yeah. like knowing the difference between when when to hire contractors versus employees because of that responsibility. Yeah. Like it's there's so much more that goes into it. Whereas when it's a contractor, it's a little bit more clean. Um, it can be shorter term. It's typically one bigger payment, although you might have to pay super and all that sort of stuff. So um, it's a little bit cleaner versus um, taking on a permanent commitment. So but I really like this guy. So we've got five things. I'll just summarize them for everyone playing along at home. Uh, the first thing is we've got like setting up the bank accounts. It's interesting they said two, two is like kind of the sweet spot. Uh, cloud-based accounting. Um, even like the targeting stuff, I didn't know that that was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Having a good accountant and or, or a business advisor on your side is, is really important. You guys do the quarterly updates, which I think is super interesting. I mean, even if you're too small to have like a, a team like Daniel and Jordan, you could even be your own, um, like your own advisor, I guess, and do your quarterly or your monthly updates for yourself if it's just yeah. a side hustle or something you're working on. Yeah. Uh, um, focusing on the profitability of a business because that's what drives the success and ultimately insulates your business against failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, the just understanding working capital. Like what have you got to spend? All of the details. Don't gloss over those details because it's not worth sacrificing like or risking your business for something that you probably don't need, which is probably like the, 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 the key point there. It's like a lot of people just go for growth and don't really think about, well, this might actually hurt my business. Mm-hmm. So those are awesome, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time out uh, on your Friday to record with me in the second episode. Hopefully there's a lot more in 2023. Sure. So, um, yeah, fellas, I just I really appreciate it. And um, well, thanks once again for joining me. No worries. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC Education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. If you're a small business owner or an expert like an accountant, lawyer, investor, or entrepreneur, I want to hear from you. I'm not 100% sure what we're going to do with this podcast series, so I'm looking for sponsors as well as potential co-hosts, and of course, I'm eager to invest in businesses run by talented people. If you're looking for a supporter or advisor, a silent partner, or even an investor to support your growth, I can help. Please contact me via the RASC website. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.